Today's story concerns adult subject matter for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, please skip this one and come back for another story another time. You're listening to The Voice of Dog. This is Rob McWolf, your fellow traveler, and today's story is My Initiation to the Wolf Way by Tanine, who is a silly werewolf trying to string words together in the hope that they'll look pretty, and who writes fantasy and science fiction stories in universes he's been working on for years, of which his latest scribble is Towards a New Era, Pilot Chapter, a fantasy cat adventure. Read by Tecum Ironhoof, the Equine Charmer. Please enjoy My Initiation to the Wolf Way by Tanin. My name is Matthew, and I am not a great man, nor am I an important person. I am a simple native of Catan, like many others, although I was not born here. My parents had left our land when they were still too young to offer me a different life from the brothers and sisters. Unlike them, I went to a modern school. I read books, watched movies, and enjoyed student life. I worked as a librarian and started a family away from tradition. However, on this day when I'm getting old, I want to leave a trace of what I have experienced to my descendants so that we do not forget where we came from. I want something left of who we were and the legacy that our blood carries. So, I will tell you my story as faithfully as I can remember it. I will begin with the day when, as a young adult, my life as a city dweller was transformed and never returned to what it was. I still remember it with crystal clarity. The landscape flew by at a high speed. My eyes didn't have time to focus on a tree or a small hill when they were already flown out of my field of vision. The sky was a perfect blue, with just a few scattered clouds wandering. The sun, still low on the horizon, drew majestic shadows on the vivid green plain and farms. The train, which was moving almost perfectly silent, was passing through the counties of West Haver, right into the hinterland of Catan, the land of my ancestors. I came from Beaufort, the prefecture of the province of Adury, where I had just finished my studies. A few days before, I had received a letter from my childhood friend Akita telling me that I had reached the age of initiation according to our customs and that I had to travel to our Karn to complete the rituals. My parents had never told me about this. I didn't know much about the culture of my tribe. Akita often came to the house in the summer when we were children. We were inseparable, exploring the grove behind my house. We would hunt evil spirits around the den we had built. We shared so much in our imaginations and activities as well as in our curiosity about each other in life. But when we were about fifteen, he stopped coming and didn't answer my letters. After all these years, I had stopped waiting for him. So, I was surprised to receive this message. However, I was happy about it, so much so that I took the first available train and then had just enough time to tell my family that I was leaving. 
I was still drinking my black tea when the train arrived at the station. It was built with white logs, and its facade looked quite simple. I had never been here before, but it was unlike what I expected to see in such an uncivilized land. I grabbed my backpack and finished my cup in a hurry before stepping out of my cabin, but not without some trepidation. I wondered how Aikida had changed. There was no one in the corridors. I must have been the only one to come all the way here. Without further ado, I went down to the dock. The cool air bit my face. I wrapped myself in my hoodie to recover some warmth and looked around. A little further on, I noticed a person my age. He had beautiful, mid-length black hair blowing in the morning breeze. His dark brown, almond-shaped eyes sparkled as he stared at me with a broad smile. He was wearing a simple red and black checkered shirt, worn blue jeans, and battered combat boots. It didn't take me more than a second to recognize him. Haikita! I shouted happily, waving my hand. No sooner had I called out to him than he was already running towards me. I opened my arms and welcomed him with a frank embrace. He hugged me tightly and seemed extremely happy to see me. Matthew, it's been so long! He almost cried in an emotional voice. Six years, huh? I replied with affection, but with a tinge of sadness. Why? Why did you stop corresponding with me? You never answered any of my letters. It's not like I didn't want to. He straightened up and dried the tear that was running down his cheek. I, I was forbidden to do so. I don't understand. He looked obviously embarrassed by my questioning look. I began to wonder if it was related to my parents' departure from the tribe. I remembered these moments of embarrassment in our childhood when Akita would evade my questions. There were also those times when I asked my parents about the tribe, but they had always refused to answer my inquiries. I never questioned this behavior, at least not until recently. Akita ran his hand through his hair and looked away. Uh, let's just say the elders didn't want you to know certain things, he sadly informed me. When I finished my initiation, it was decided I should cut our ties off. I never wanted that, but I had no choice. What changed? I've earned my stripes, you might say. He beckoned me to follow him, and we set off towards the entrance to the station. I couldn't see any lights or anything electrical in the hall. I felt as if I had returned to the Stone Age. There was not a living soul behind the counter. The place didn't look very busy. We walked through the front door, and I noticed a pickup truck with a couple of people who looked like hunters. The rifles were prominently displayed, and they were looking in our direction, beers in hand. The older one was smiling at me, showing a very sloppy set of teeth. He lifted his bottle and waved at me. There was something I didn't like about his gaze. Uh, don't mind them, my best friend suggested. They are morons. They look like they've been waiting for us. Because they have. We continued walking along the road towards the coniferous forest, moving away from the group that kept staring at us. I felt uncomfortable, even threatened. 
I waited until they were out of sight. Who the fuck are they? I asked Akita. He sighed before answering me. <sighs> Members of the Murphy family, they don't really like us. And what did you... What did we do to cause this? We exist. That's enough for them. He turned around to see a very skeptical face. You'll soon understand. We walked for a whole hour in the deep forest until we came to a large clearing. There was a small hamlet there, which was familiar to me. I remembered the pictures from my parents' old album and recognized the large reindeer statue near us. This was where my tribe used to live. I stopped to get closer to the statue. The details of the animal surprised me. Each part of the body was extremely realistic. The antlers were majestic, and I could barely feel the fur with my hand. I stared at it and admired it so much I was fascinated. What exactly does this animal symbolize here? I asked my friend. He's the guardian of the forest. He protects us from evil spirits. We often pay homage. I see. I had forgotten that the area was full of supersti- I immediately shut up in horror, realizing that I was about to say something very disrespectful. Akita said nothing, shrugged, and gave his only answer, an enigmatic smile, before silently walking away, arms behind his head. I was so embarrassed that I just followed him with a quick step. There was plenty of life here. Young children were running on the dirt road, rolling on the ground, fighting, but they were laughing their heads off too. Men and women went about their daily routine in front of their rustic houses, cleaning, cooking, and talking. They all greeted my friend as he passed before them. I could really feel the respect in their voices. However, I noticed quite quickly that they were avoiding me and ignoring my own greetings. What a welcome! I complained. Don't worry about it. Something was clearly wrong, and his nonchalant attitude was strange. Between the behavior of the hunters and the tribesmen, I couldn't but feel that Aikido was hiding something important from me. Something was going on, and my arrival was not to everyone's liking. Aikido, I... We're going to my place, he interrupted me abruptly. We don't really have time to visit. Your initiation is to start today, or it will be too late. What? I'd at least like to settle down. I've been on the train for 20 hours, and... Matt? There's really no time. He was staring at me with a worn and tired look. He had been a playful person in my memory, but he didn't look like a teenager right now. I held back from answering and decided to trust him. We passed through the village in full view of its inhabitants and reached a hut hidden in the bushes at the edge of the clearing. If the dwellings I had seen a moment before were rather recent and well-built, this one was much older. The wood was dark and showed the weight of the ages. A few crates were lying outside, as well as a lot of various tools. We've arrived! Akita opened the door and invited me in. I found a single room in disarray with everything and anything everywhere. The bed was unmade and covered with different clothes simply thrown there. 
The rest of the room was not much different from my student room in terms of cleanliness, to be honest. In one corner was a workshop with many handmade trinkets sitting carelessly. Surprisingly, a pleasant smell of sawdust pervaded the room barely masking that of my childhood friend. He sat down on the bed casually. He was still as handsome as he had been then, if not more so. You can put your things here. I'll fix something to sleep tonight when we're done. You live in an interesting place, I said, throwing my bag on the bed. Well, since Dad died, I'm the one who has to take care of the house and his responsibilities. You must be an important person now, the way the tribesmen were talking to you. He spread his arms and legs and dropped limply onto the mattress. Yeah, kind of like that. I'm the shaman of the tribe now that he's gone. That's great, I suppose. I thought for a few seconds. I owe it to you to be allowed to be here then. It's clear that this initiation you told me about was forbidden to me before. The true, but it's not anymore, and time is running out. He stood up suddenly and went to a chest near the workshop. We need to finish preparing for the ritual. He took out several items, candles, rune stones, a large jar of charcoal-colored powder, and among other things, a wolf skin. He placed the latter carefully on the table before suddenly starting to undress. What the hell? I quickly covered my eyes, blushing like a peony, as Aikida's intimacy was revealed to me. He paused and looked exasperated. It's okay. It's not the first time, and... Hurry up and do the same. You don't commune with nature spirits in industrial clothes. All natural, I tell you. He looked quite serious. Without waiting for an answer from me, he finished removing every bit of fabric from his body. I was amazed at how much he had changed in a few years. He was slim, but with the robust musculature of a trapper. His thighs and buttocks were nicely developed, forged no doubt by walking and running in the forest and mountains of the region. His hairless torso was magnificent, neither too shaped nor too little. And of course, I'm not talking about his manhood, which he obviously took care of. I couldn't look away, and he soon noticed my passivity. Well then, he asked, we haven't got all day. Blushing even more, I complied. With difficulty at first, I took off my cotton hoodie followed by my t-shirt. He was watching me the whole time, which didn't help me in any way. But I continued until I had only my underwear on. My hesitation and, indeed, my erection were visible. Aikita laughed and shook his head in amusement. Cool, Matt. It's not the first time I've seen you like this, you know. If you'd at least tell me why we have to be naked, I replied awkwardly. You'll understand during the ritual. Trust me. Please? The look on his face was almost a plea. He was too cute for me to resist any longer. I withdrew what was left of my dignity and threw my clothes on the bed. Well, now what? I asked, resigned. Now, help me carry all this stuff to the yard behind the house, and before you ask, 
no one will see us. At least I was reassured of the minimum of discretion in this place. We went out with the various items Ikeda needed for the ritual and headed for the field behind the hut. I could clearly see it was regularly used for gatherings. The earth was trodden with many footprints around a large area with stones placed in a way that drew tribal glyphs. The remains of an extinguished brazier set in the center of these symbols, and I could smell various herbs and some that I knew which were more entertaining. Follow my instructions carefully, Matthew. Ikeda patiently and precisely told me what to place and where. The candles were placed evenly around the glyphs at points where the lines crossed. Each one was then covered with this black powder that must have been Rowan, if my botany classes had taught me correctly. As I finished, he lit the fire and sat down nearby to put various runes in front of him. As he donned the skin, I realized his position and expertise. Come and sit right before me. What should I do now? I said as I did so. Nothing. I'm going to start singing. The only thing you must do is to focus on the visions that come to you and let yourself go. He looked at me with affection and amusement as I folded my arms over my naked and chilly body. I nodded my head in agreement. Without waiting, he closed his eyes and began. I had originally expected our rituals to follow the stereotypes of books and TV shows, with drums and dances and all that. Here, Aikido was not accompanied by any instruments. There was only the beautiful sound of his voice. At first, nothing happened except for a few graceful movements of his body. Without stopping his tribal chant, he placed his hand on my arm, grasping it gently before slowly sliding down and resting his palm against mine. I responded to his gesture by instinct, without him having to explain anything. Then, I closed my eyes, and everything around me faded away. I was still in the forest, but far from civilization. The moon was shining in a starless sky. The wind was making the foliage sing, accompanying the sounds of insects and small animals. Right in front of me, a perfectly white wolf was sitting and staring at me with eyes full of mystery. His gaze was familiar and gave me a sense of security. He stood up and approached me slowly. I reached out my hand and he put his nose to it and licked gently. Who are you? I asked, but received no answer. Suddenly, the forest disappeared, and only the moon was left to fill the sky. The ground became a hot, bloody pool stretching to the horizon. A kind of rain began, but in the strangest way, the drops started from the red liquid and rose into the sky. This blood is yours. I heard this voice deep within me. The moon is your goddess. The reflection invaded me and subjugated me. My image is the mirror of your soul. It was the wolf speaking to me. No, it was me. Take on your heritage, Matthew of the Wolf Clan. 
All at once, a violent pain brought me back to the real world. Aikido was still chanting, but with more strength. The words, which I could barely understand, echoed in my mind like the sound of a huge belfry as my body ached. I had never known anything like this. I stood up, but immediately stumbled. I could feel myself contorting as I changed. My limbs were getting thinner and longer. My insides were rearranging themselves with sucking noises that might have made me nauseous if I wasn't in so much pain. I wanted to scream, but nothing but a gurgle came from my mouth. My blood boiled from within. The colors faded and the fire lost its redness. My mind resigned itself to what I was experiencing, and I stopped struggling. The pain became distant, as if I were looking at someone else's. My mouth and nose grew, as did my teeth, into a powerful jaw with fangs. The biting cold disappeared as white fur grew over my skin. A strange sensation came over me as I felt a tail emerge from my spine and unfurl. I lay there for several minutes, motionless, until Akita finished. He stood up and walked over to me, tenderly stroked my fur on my chest. It's over. You're finally one of us now. I wanted to answer, but a plaintive canine whimper came from my throat. Don't worry, he reassured me with a sympathetic smile. The first time is always a bit difficult, but you'll eventually stop feeling anything with a few tries. I sat up slightly. My body was no longer that of a human, but had become that of the wolf I had seen. The colors had changed, and the distant shapes were now blurred. What struck me most, however, were my other senses. My hearing was much better, allowing me to hear the lapping of the stream running through the hamlet. But my sense of smell... Oh, it was another world. The first smell I perceived was that of the rowan tree and the fire burning the fir logs. From the other ones, I knew that the day before, game meat had been cooked here. I could even tell the number, gender, and age of all the people who were there. Then I realized that the place was filled with the sweet smell of Akita. It intoxicated me with its subtlety and complexity. It evoked feelings in me that I could hardly cope with before. I wanted to speak again, and instead let out a few friendly, affectionate yelps. Oh, wait a minute, Matthew, he sighed. He stepped back and laid his pelt gently on the ground. There followed a vision of horror in which Aikida metamorphosed in my way. I slowly saw every part of his body transform into that of an adult wolf. His fur was that of a plains wolf, and his ears were dark, while his belly and tail were as white as my own. He was still smaller than me, as in our original form. We can talk now, I heard in my mind. C can you really hear me? Yes. We cannot speak verbally but the wolf spirits offer us the blessing of being able to express ourselves through our souls alone. He approached me with a natural, confident step. He rubbed first his head and then his torso against mine in a gesture I could understand the meaning of. 
After his bushy tail slid over my face, he moved towards the edge of the forest. Follow me and discover this new world that is offered to you. I made no reply and ran after him through the trees and bushes. We ran for many hours in the wilderness. We jumped with great agility, sniffed plants, and chased small animals. I tasted the blood of my first prey without feeling embarrassed or disgusted as it would for the human I was to be. I felt in my natural element. According to the stories that fascinated me as a child, the word for what I had become was obvious. We are werewolves, aren't we? I asked Akita. Not exactly, he paused. We simply carry the blood of the wolf spirit in our veins. It's not really any different. We are not fairy tale monsters, he explained, laughing. We are the guardians of this land, as the spirit that gave birth to us. I would have said this morning that it was just a trivial belief, but clearly I was wrong. My ears lowered as I felt guilty about my prejudice. Akita stepped forward and placed his face close to mine, our noses almost touching. I felt a rush of emotion inside me as he slowly licked the side of my muzzle. I sensed something even newer in his smell. Something that awakened a longing in me that I secretly felt when we were still children. Come with me, Matthew, he whispered in a deep voice. We went on for a few dozen meters and reached the top of a cliff. The view over the valley was as beautiful as a great artist's painting. The evening was coming and the moon, so divine, was over the horizon. The snow-covered mountains were shining with the last rays of sunlight filtering through the mist. Aikida was sitting next to me, watching this idyllic landscape. Even as a wolf, he was still beautiful. The graceful line of his body, the harmony of the colors of his fur, the shape of his eyes remained unchanged. Everything about him reminded me of the human I had always loved. Even in different bodies, we were still ourselves. You are more resplendent than this great painting, my friend. I had expressed my thoughts without fear. He turned his head towards me and smiled in a lupine, but still his own way. The frankness of the wolf is a nice thing, isn't it? I love you, Akita. I've wanted to tell you this for so long. If you had come back the following summer, I could have told you sooner. A form of sadness began to creep over me, but it only lasted a moment as he moved closer to me to lick me once more. I always knew. He did it again, in an even more intimate way. Let's catch up, shall we? I returned his attention with the same affection and took the opportunity to smell his fur deeply. I could sense his love and excitement. The subtlety of that scent was there before when I got off the train. It was even there when we were children. Even though I was still human at the time, I remembered what my blood, not my senses, had perceived. We lay down, side by side, and continued to groom each other for a long time. Naturally, my muzzle moved towards his belly, and eventually noticed that his manhood was already preparing itself for what our hearts were seeking. 
My legs were getting close to that swollen bit of fur in which his eager penis was growing with the proximity of my nose. Once at its level, I gave a slow, firm lick to the slightly protruding tip. I tasted the strange liquid that beaded from it. A pulse from his member shot more into my mouth without me feeling any aversion. On the contrary, I was even more excited. I realized that my own intimacy was in the same state as his when his own tongue reached it. A thrill of pleasure came over me as new sensations were revealed. I was experienced as a human, but as a wolf, I was rediscovering everything. I continued my action, covering the whole of the sheath to his dark balls. I could feel the shapes of his budding knot. His body was reacting and contracting slightly with each touch. I was not left out either, and felt my canine fluid gush out in small, successive spurts as I felt the warmth of his muzzle around my sex, my skin curled up by his lips. I couldn't help but let out a moan of pleasure, a feeling amplified by years of dreaming of this moment. My knot swelled in his mouth, and he pushed in as hard as he could. My hips wanted to move as I ejaculated continuously. I pulsed again and again, giving me intense pleasure with each contraction of my sex. My fur was stained with my own cum dripping from his maw. I stopped my work to lie down and let myself be invaded by his orgasm that would not stop. It's not the same as when we were teenagers, is it? He said mischievously, pulling his head away from my crotch. Clearly not, no. The pleasure had knocked me out, and I could no longer find the will to move. I stayed with my legs up and spread wide while my member continuously deposited my semen on my belly with each jerk. I wish I could have done more with you. I sighed in disappointment. (laughs) Don't worry. A wolf doesn't work as a human. This pleasure you're feeling isn't going to stop just yet, and I can still enjoy myself. He smiled. Get your tail out of the way, Matthew, and enjoy yourself too. I understood immediately what he meant and discovered the passage behind my scrotum. I was still overwhelmed from my ongoing orgasm and didn't need to relax any further. Akita stood over me, framing me with his paws. He looked into my eyes, and I could see no wolf, just my friend and childhood sweetheart. He lowered himself, placing his pelvis and sex behind mine. I felt him probe the tip of his penis to find the entrance. The juices of his arousal were spraying my anus. Go ahead, Yakita. No need to say more, as he immediately penetrated me. This new feeling was divine, even if quite painful. But I didn't care. We were finally one. He sank down fully and rested his chest on mine. Our muzzles rubbed passionately, licking, sniffing, nibbling. Our nose was filled with the scent of our love and lust. He began to move his pelvis in and out. At the same time, the fur of his belly was sliding furiously over my sex. My orgasm multiplied in intensity. We were both moaning and panting as if we were running a marathon. His testes were brushing the underside of my tail, and I could feel my genitals being compressed under his weight. 
I felt resistance and pressure inside me as I knew his knot was growing and tying us together. I could imagine the pleasure he was feeling at that moment was the same as mine. This pleasure lasted for a few minutes until he came to a stop and spread himself all over me. His cum was pouring into me as I was smearing our furs at the same moment. I could feel the throbbing of our sexes. I love you so much, Matthew. I was in a trance and couldn't respond or react. I just wrapped my paws around him and lay there in the grass with him. The moon was rising higher and higher in the sky. Still tied to Aikida, I finally fell asleep peacefully, sure of a quietude that I thought would never disappear. That evening was the most magical I had ever experienced. I wanted to write it down in its entirety. Aikida was the love of my life, even if our paths ended up being brutally separated. My initiation to the way of the wolf and the blood that flowed in my family was only the prelude to a much greater and dangerous journey. My coming, our sharing, the choice he didn't give me, everything was tied to the secret I was to learn soon after I awoke. I probably always blamed him, but that's a story I may tell you on another day. For now, I am too tired to write more. May your howls reach the heavens of our goddess. This was My Initiation to the Wolf Way by Tanine. Read for you by Takem Ironhoof, the equine charmer. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.